Welcome to Holy Cross Lutheran Church in Onaway, Michigan. I'm Pastor Trent Wahlberg, and you're listening to Preaching and the Word. The word for the 17th Sunday after Pentecost comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, verses 1 through 10. And Jesus said to his disciples, Temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea, than that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times, saying, I repent, you must forgive him. The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. And the Lord said, If you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Will any one of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he has come in from the field, Come at once and recline at table? Will he not say to him, Prepare supper for me and dress properly and serve me while I eat and drink, and afterward you will eat and drink? Does he thank the servant because he did what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all you were commanded, say, We are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. It is better to listen than to speak. It is better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all. It's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. There are many sayings about things that are better than other things. The Bible is full of examples. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to to trust in man, Psalm 118.8. It is better to be of lowly spirit with the poor than to divide the spoils with the proud, Proverbs 16.19. Or how about this one? It is better to live in a corner of the housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. Proverbs 21.9. The list could go on and on. Some things are clearly better than other things, but sometimes it's harder to tell which is better. When we say it is better to give than to receive, we understand what is meant by that. But most people enjoy both of those things. Other times, the less desirable thing is preferable to the alternative. We can all recognize, for example, that there's a moral quandary which says it's better to suffer for doing good than to be rewarded for doing evil. Jesus said temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea, then that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. This is one of those sayings of Jesus that causes us to shudder. It's right up there with, if your eye causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter heaven with one eye than to enter hell with both. Both of these sayings are really getting at the same point. That is, Sin is bad. It should be avoided at all, by all means possible. Those things that cause us sin and stubble should be cut off from the body, fastened to a large, heavy weight, and cast into the sea to drown. Certainly, that is the fate we would all like to avoid. 
But as bad as that sounds, he said it's better than causing someone to sin. How sobering is that? Oftentimes when we talk about causing someone to stumble, we imagine the more serious offense of intentionally leading someone away from their faith in Jesus. And that's true enough, but I think it's much broader than that. He's really talking about causing our brother or sister to sin in any way. And that's much easier than you would think. Half the time, we might not even mean to or even realize what we're doing until it's over and we've caused someone to stumble. I think that if we want to take our Lord's warning seriously, we must recognize how we ourselves have fallen short, how we have caused others to sin. It's hard to admit when we're wrong. It may even seem impossible at times. We all surely bear some responsibility when our brother stumbles. Perhaps we could have done more to keep them from stumbling. It's hard to tell sometimes. In any case, Jesus didn't intend for his disciples to deflect the blame and put the millstone around their opponents' necks. It's meant for us to take personally. Jesus said, pay attention to yourselves. How have you caused anyone to stumble in any way, great or small? We all deserve to wear that millstone as a necklace and sleep with the fishes. Rather than leading another into sin, we ought to forgive instead. That is, we should release one another from sin. Jesus made it clear that temptations are sure to come. It's unavoidable. We will all sin and cause others to sin, even if we could manage to avoid being the cause of sin, which we can't. We have all been sinned against. We have all been on both the giving and the receiving end of the exchange. Someone has caused you to stumble. Perhaps a friend lied to you or betrayed you. There have been times when someone hurt you and caused you to question your faith. Maybe it's entirely their fault and they deserve to have a millstone hung around their neck for what they did to you. Fine. Tell them that. And if they repent, forgive them. What's more, if he sins against you seven times a day and seven times repents, Jesus says you must forgive him. This is perhaps just as difficult as admitting when we're wrong ourselves. It's incredibly hard to do. Surely he can't be serious. We're all happy to forgive, but where do you draw the line? If someone keeps lying and apologizing, then doing the same thing over and over again, at a certain point, you have to wonder if they're really sorry. Does it really make a difference? The apostles had exactly the right answer when they said to the Lord, increase our faith. It's really about more than just having enough faith to forgive. It's also about having the faith that their sins are actually forgiven. Forgiveness is obviously not something that we can see. If I say, I forgive you, I must have faith that you're really forgiven. It's not like we have some kind of sinometer floating over our heads, like some video game where you can see each other's sins and if it's forgiven, how full is your meter and can we deplete it some? 
If someone keeps committing the same offense over and over again and apologizing over and over again, I can say I forgive you all day long till I'm blue in the face, but I would become less inclined to believe that it's actually making a difference. That's where the mustard seed comes in. Jesus answered his disciples, If you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Again, when we hear that, we say, Yeah, right, sure it will. We don't believe him. I've never heard of it ever working, and Jesus didn't actually tell the mulberry tree to move himself. I'm not really sure if anyone's even tried. And so when I was walking home from church one day and thinking about this text, I decided to give it a try. Why not? For science, right? So I started looking for a candidate tree to uproot. I would have felt pretty bad if I transplanted one of Mr. Granger's trees, so I looked at a bush instead. Why not start small? I said to the tree, to the bush rather, be uprooted and move over there. And you know what happened? A bird flew out of the bush. Of course the tree didn't move. I knew the bush wouldn't budge, and maybe that was the problem. I felt ridiculous even trying it once. I don't imagine I'll try it again. Maybe I will, just for kicks and giggles. But I realized, I realized what I already knew. That is, it's not about moving trees and bushes at all. It's really about believing that our sins are forgiven and believing that we can actually forgive the sins of those who trespass against us. Just try it. It's hard to command a tree to do anything because we know that that's not how trees work. But that is how forgiveness works. We can see with our eyes if a tree is removed and planted in the sea, but we can't see if sin is removed, especially if it keeps on happening. We just have to take it on faith. Sometimes it can feel impossible to forgive, especially if the person you're forgiving keeps on sinning and repenting. Faith in Jesus allows us to do impossible things, not by moving objects from one place to another, but by removing sin, which is really much bigger and spiritually immovable. This is what life in the body of Christ consists of. It's often called the office of the keys, whereby Jesus gives us the keys to the kingdom. He has given us the authority to forgive those who repent and withhold forgiveness from those who refuse to repent. It's the authority to bind and loose sins, like binding and loosing millstones from each other's necks. Can you imagine that if you had a millstone fastened around your neck and you would be taken out to sea, what fear and dread you would feel, even the toughest of tough guys would likely find themselves blubbering and begging for mercy. Well, that is what our sin and God's righteous judgment should do to us. Imagine also that if that great big rock were taken off your neck, what a weight off of your shoulders you would feel, how relieved you would be, quite literally. That's how it should feel to be forgiven. That's how we should experience the gospel. You are the one with a millstone around your neck, and Jesus is the one who keeps on forgiving you. 
Like the children of Israel who repeatedly turned away from God and had to be called to repentance by the prophets again and again and again, we continually betray our Lord and sin against him in thought, word, and deed. We come to our God again today asking for his forgiveness, and he graciously forgives us continually, over and over. We have all been forgiven so much and thank God for what he, that he has not grown tired of forgiving. So we too should not grow tired of forgiving one another. It is only our duty as servants of a merciful God. Our forgiveness is only really a mustard seed compared to the forgiveness that he has shown to us. Temptations to sin are sure to come, and we cannot free ourselves from our sinful condition. But thanks be to God, through Christ Jesus our Lord, who has taken away our load. It may require faith to know that sins are forgiven, but Jesus has proven it by giving us a sign far more amazing than removing a tree with your voice. He is risen. Sin has lost its deadly sting. Death has lost its power over us. The millstone that once dragged you into the depths has been rolled away, and the waters in which you had been drowning have, been, have become a saving baptismal flood. You are forgiven because Christ is risen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this show. If you would like to support our ministry here at Holy Cross in Onaway, you can share this podcast and give us a five-star rating. If you would like to make a financial gift, please make checks payable to Holy Cross Lutheran Church and mail it to us at 3786 Glacier Road, Onaway, Michigan. That's G-L-A-S-I-E-R Road, Onaway, Michigan, 49765. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.